Hello everyone, welcome to episode 815 of Cold Wave Soundcheck, I'm Aaron Pollock. This year we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Waves 8 Festival, which is just one month away, Thursday, September 19th through Sunday the 22nd at Metro and Smart Bar in Chicago. This year's performers include Papa Lead Itself, Nitzer Ebb, Test Department, Filter, ChemLab, Howjob, Severed Heads, Pig, and many, many more. Head to coldwaves.net for the full lineup and ticket links. This week, we're chatting with Thursday Smart Bar performers, Sean and Chris. This is Conformco.
like. It's spooky. While I pull up my emails, what have you watched lately that's good? I can't really say anything good. I've watched probably 10 Dolph Lundgren movies in the past <laughs> month, though. I'm sure 100 people have asked you, but what do you think of the new Terminator trailer? You know, it's a trailer. I'm going to be there November 1st. I'm all right with, you know, seeing Sarah Connor again and seeing CGI Ed Furlong. I don't know if people will know your voices, so just introduce who you are and and what you do in the band. Uh, I'm Chris. I uh, yell and bang on a keyboard. And I'm Sean, and I do the same. If people don't know Conformco, they probably know Cyanotic. They probably know Project 44. So tell me about what led to you guys getting together to, to make something new. I think it was just like a shared love for the uh, 1980s aesthetic that wasn't synthwave, you know, the <laughs> wax tracks type stuff. We just ended up getting together one night randomly and cobbled together a song that was in the vein of PTP and uh, thought we'd go from there. It was all very natural. Yeah, there, was, there wasn't nothing forced. It wasn't like we had a conversation we were going to do this. We are literally sitting in Sean's studio and keyboard stab gets played and then all of a sudden drum parts and Sean adds 10 more layers and throw down some vocals and we have a song and everything starts rolling from there. Yeah, and we couldn't come up with a band name for a second <laughs> and then I was watching an old episode of The Simpsons. That Conformco name is a brainwashing center in an old Simpsons background gag. I hate when people say only the first eight seasons were the best, you know, even if they were, I just, there must still be good episodes if, if it's still on. I I feel like any show after five years, you just can't do it all the time. So what, what are your feelings? I mean, I'm still a lifelong Simpsons fan, but I'll put the episodes on in the background and kind of half pay attention to them. I am one of the, you know... Up till that 10th season, it's pretty powerhouse. I'll even go to 12 or 13, but, you know, it, it, it's been uh, it's been coasting on its awesomeness of the 90s. Yeah, I don't think I missed an episode of the 90s once. Like, it was appointment television where you had to see it. At one point, I had all the DVDs probably up to season 8, and I would not, I would not only watch them, but I'd listen to the commentary and any of the extra stuff they had. And I remember for a while, I forget which company it was. They had these really cool toys and little play sets. I think it was Playmates. I think it was the same people that did the Ninja Turtles. I would go to like Toys R Us every weekend and be like, which which new obscure character do they have? And I loved having all those. I'm, I got rid of them all. I'm kind of sad about that now. I have a few. I have a Homer Buddha that sits in my car for good luck. This band just screams fun, which is not always the first word I think of, you know, for the other projects or even most bands in the scene. Does that change the creative process for you guys or the feeling or when you're performing or any of the other facets? Yeah, I mean, it's um, a process that 
becomes a lot easier because I don't think that we're really super angry people. So it's fun to just go in with the idea of, hey, let's make something danceable and energetic and something that people can easily latch on to and just bounce around to. I don't know if we had a conversation or I just made it up in my head early on about we were committed to just having fun with it and not, I don't say not taking it too seriously, but at least if we weren't having fun with it, there was no point in doing it. I think the first sound we ever like chose dictated the path. It was like an 80s horn blast. And it's like once you have an 80s horn blast, you know, like a you can't really make like serious stuff. I saw you, you credited Charles Levi on your Revco cover, Attack Ships on Fire. I feel like he's been mostly MIA for a while. How, how is he doing? What has he been up to? It's funny you ask. Yeah, he's uh, a really cool guy, and he was just in seclusion for a bit because he had some close friends pass in the past few years and came out, and we tracked bass, and it ended up being on a number of the tracks. And we're looking forward to uh, having him out more for some of the live shows. Project 44 just played uh, at Mechanismus Fest out in Seattle. And Levi played that show with us. And uh, it was on the internet a little bit. I don't know if everyone saw, but he, he, w- he was in the hospital in Seattle and got out just in time to do the show. He has, uh, I don't want to get into his personal health issues, but he's doing great. Had a little, got a little medication for those issues, but... You know, he's been around for a long time. I don't know if I want to say his age, but he's, you know, he's been through the, been through the uh, industrial ringer. I saw Rex Arcana brought his, uh, his film crew out there. Were they able to film what you, when you guys were playing? They filmed our whole set and then Levi and I sat down with Rex and did an interview a day afterwards too and talked about it. I really like what he's doing. I I feel like the scene has been missing something like that. It's great when he puts stuff up. Time, effort, and money into it too. The equipment they have is great. The, the people he's got, he's working with on it, are top notch. They're going to do a whole recap of the festival. Maximum hostility factor.
months ago you said you guys were working on new music how's that going pretty good i had a little bit of a sound sabbatical for the past couple months just kind of trying to figure out a bunch of life issues and now that i've had a little distance from it it's easy to jump right back in and we're going to be finishing up a release here uh actually as soon as this interview is <laughs> done so your collective glitch mode always seems to be growing and, and doing really well. You had your um, your new 2019 compilation, which I love I love the name of it. Now that's what I call Angry Robot Music 2019. How are all the, the different artists doing? It's always in flux. It's more of a collective than a label where we're all kind of under an umbrella where we can just... People who go there to glitchmode.com can just easily find a lot of similar and like-minded artists and uh everybody seems to be good on their own separate paths right now and we're converging for the rest of this year for a bunch of late summer and fall releases that uh we'll have some news up about shortly chris what's going on with project 44 unlike sean who i really have to tip my hat to who still gets out and tours on a pretty consistent basis i have not done a full tour uh since like 2011 it's been a long long time so some short little runs and festivals is has kind of been the the way we've been getting the word out a little harder for me in the situation i am but a great credit to sean for consistently touring which is what you really need to do to just to, to keep the name out there and that big tour is that's a pretty uh pretty nice snag yeah, we were really happy that uh, details worked out, and we did a cool remix for Raymond from Pig last year, and that set us on our path to co-touring. 
What else do you guys have coming up for the rest of the year? Definitely trying to get a lot more video content together. And there's going to be some cool shows on the horizon uh, for the fall. Yeah, we have some fall stuff that I guess we're not, we can't officially announce yet. But yeah, we will be doing some more dates like in the November time frame. I don't have a lot for you guys. I feel like when we talked about Cyanotic, there's so much more, you know, history and stuff there. We're babies. One little thing to mention, because you're talking about doing doing shows here and there and whatnot, is this past spring, Project 44 was fortunate enough to play uh, South by Southwest down in Austin. We did a little Conformco pop-up for that. Sean came out and we did a couple Conformco songs, and that went over very well. So we wormed Conformco into South by Southwest as well. I tell you, the, the reception, when I talk to people at a Project 44 show or just out in the scene somewhere, is there's that... As Sean mentioned, the synthwave retro kind of vibe that's happening. And I don't know as many that are doing what we are doing and, you know, happy accident or whatever got us to do it. Um, it's definitely its own little, little niche that's happening. I'm not sure the world can fit one more synth pop band. There's not enough neon left in the world. It's the fact that we're all in our 30s now, and we remember that era when we were children distantly, right? I guess every generation does that. I'm sure, you know, in the 80s, there were kids in my school that were hippies. Yeah, definitely, right? Like, I mean, the 80s, that's when it was big 50s throwback in the cinema. You know, that's when you had Back to the Future and everything.
On this episode, you heard Supply and Demand, 86th, and Consumer Holiday Product. Conformco can be found at conformco.bandcamp.com. Cyanotic is on tour with Pig this fall, and Project 44 will be found on select Pigface tour dates. Our opening music is Madmaker by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to this show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Curse Mackey. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Leaves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Chris and Sean again sharing their memories of Jamie. You're setting up your gear, and he would always have a tip, and he'd be very kind about it. He's not like, you're effing doing this wrong. It's like, we can improve it if you did it this way. And there's things I still do uh, to this day that it totally went from level you know, B to level A, taking it up a notch with just the tips that he would give you while he was, you know, doing live sound for probably five bands that night, but he would take the time to say, try this, do this, and it was always a great improvement. Yeah, Jamie always had the best tips, and same goes for his mixing and production, because when I'm finishing up something, I seriously imagine the specter of Duffy over in the corner with his arms folded, bobbing his head with his eyes closed, because that meant it was a good mix, and he could feel it.